Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Divorce, a Spiritual Infraction Occurring in the Natural. This is a multi-episode series in which this is episode two of three. Keep this in mind as we transition. Judah had the example of the judgment of God against Israel because of the spiritual harlotry it had willingly committed. The thief will always come in if invited. Is sin any different? So although they had seen the model, they did the exact same thing expecting different results. So in the following scripture, I find it interesting that what Jesus said in the New Testament about divorce, because, well, some may be inclined to think that God simply overlooks a spiritual infraction, is no big deal. Isaiah 57. After all, we are all covered in the blood of Jesus, right? We all sin, right? This is just another sin, and really no big deal, as God will forgive me and restore me. Yes? Yes. But you will need to consider what Jesus is saying here. Matthew 19, 9. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. And whoever marries her, who is divorced, commits adultery. So it's almost like one sin leads to another. Now you are not just divorced, you are by all accounts a future adulterer, unless you become celibate. Matthew 19, 10, 12, 1 Corinthians 7, 7. You will more than likely drop right into this label. And now what? Does anyone today deal with this after remarrying another who has been married? Mostly not. We say things like, praise God, he has brought me the right man or woman. As if he made a mistake the first time. Again, what's done is done. If this was you or is you. Now you have an opportunity to deal with this thing properly. I may have covered soul ties below, but so for a minute, you should know that the two shall become one as a real thing. Genesis 2, 24. Matthew 19, 5. Mark 10, 6, 9. 1 Corinthians 6.16 and Ephesians 5.31 You may not feel the two being torn apart when you decide you no longer want to be one, but it is a real and violently violent tearing. And is this it? We all stay married and it will solve the world issues at large? Nope, not what this message is really about. Look-see. Ephesians 5.25.33 Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. 
The answer is buried within what Paul is addressing here. Look at verse 32 and see what is hidden in a human marriage that actually pertains to the upcoming spiritual marriage. We have seen how we are made one flesh. Why didn't it say one and stop there? Why distinguish it with the word flesh? Because a flesh like time is temporary and the quality habits of a godly marriage in the flesh exemplifies and reflects the spiritual marriage that is to come. We have shown that the marriage in the natural results in two becoming one. Genesis 2:24, Matthew 19:5, Mark 10:6-9, 1 Corinthians 6:16, and Ephesians 5:31. But now hidden in Ephesians 5:32 is the true uncorrupted reason for maintaining a healthy marriage in the natural. So the outcome of divorce, before I show the parallelisms of marriage, is that we actually divorce God in the smallest of measures, which is in the individual. Do we not all have God in us? Is he separated from the tearing away of our flesh? Can we say that I want to be the bride of Christ and walk away from our own brides in the natural? Is this not a contradiction? Could it be that a natural marriage is a method of training us to be married to Christ? As badly as I'm explaining this, I cannot see how these two events are separated. Again, a natural divorce is a spiritual infraction. They go hand in hand. Maybe this is why God hates it so much. It is truly a mystery of marriage. The following scriptures are just like gold nuggets lying on the ground. Look at them from the perspective of marriage and note the subtle correlation between marriage in the natural and marriage in the spiritual. But again, keep in mind, your natural marriage is temporary, whereas the spiritual one is eternal. Both were intended to be one, in one, for one, and designed not to become apart from one. 1 Corinthians 11.2 For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. John 17:21 and 22:23 that they may all be one as you father are in me and I in you that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are one I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Isaiah 61.10 I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, and my soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Isaiah 62.5 For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your sons marry you. As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Matthew 9:15. And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Matthew 25:5-10. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. 
Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, least there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell, and buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Romans 12.5 So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. 1 Corinthians 12.12 For as the body is one, and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. 1 Corinthians 15.23 But each one, in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards those who are called Christ's at his coming. Galatians 3.28 There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1.10 That in the dispensation of the fullness of the time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. Mark 12, 24, 27. Jesus answered and said to them, Are you not therefore mistaken, because you do not know the scriptures, nor the power of God? For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. But concerning the dead that they rise, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the burning book passage, how God spoke to him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. You are therefore greatly mistaken. 1 Corinthians 15, 24-52 So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spirit is not the first, but the natural, and afterwards the spiritual. The first man of the earth, made of dust, the second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed revelation 19:9. then he said to me write blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the lamb and he said to me these are the true sayings of god well that's it for today remember it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, steal, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.